They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I hear with me once again my good friends Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. How's it going, guys? I'm back, baby. Alo's <laughs> back after a one week hiatus. Yes. Wasn't quite the same without you. Well, it wasn't because I know Eric enjoyed it because he had more time to talk. He, can, he could talk <laughs> for an extended 30 minutes more than he usually does talk. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't really have no one I could argue with. No, because nobody's going to stand up to you and, and tell you you make no sense like I do. So. <laughs> uh, before we get started, we actually don't have a pay-per-view to review this week or preview, which is rare. I just want to remind everyone, listen to Falls Count Anywhere uh, with me actually guest hosting for Derek McCauley, myself, Rusty Agostino, and Zach Harmon. I think it was a pretty good show. Uh, there will actually be an episode of The Perfect Edge on Monday. Also, on Friday... Pay attention for a new unsanctioned after a very long hiatus uh, with myself and friend of the show, Richie Smiley. And also, if you listen to the show, if you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, where else are we? Tune in. Is there one I'm forgetting? Stitcher. Stitcher. Any one of those, if you subscribe or follow, whatever option they give you. But the five-star iTunes reviews are very important and help the show a lot. So with that being said, uh, what did everybody think of Raw this week? Nah. <laughs> it was on a Monday night. Okay, that much is true. It was three hours. It was three hours. That much is true. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as I hate other episodes of Raw, but there, there was some things that I wish they did better. Yeah, there's always going to be things we wish they did better. How do we feel that they're handling the Universal Championship picture? Perfect. Eck, you agree with that? Um, yes. I, I, I like how they're doing. I like how they're booking Joe. I do like that. Um, kind of thing that I think I'm probably looking too deep into it. That is almost just making it cringeworthy for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe looked extremely dominant this week, and. Brock's left in the middle of the ring, or I'm sorry, not even in the ring. He's left on the, the stage bright red, embarrassed, and he does nothing about it. I just kind of almost am nervous to see in two weeks' time when he, if he retains, so what, he's going to beat Joe and then boom, it's over. He's just, he's gone again. That's the thing I'm cringe, cringing about. However, they are handling it well. I, I agree. Alo, your thoughts? Well, what my best friend just said that Brock didn't do anything, but that's what I like about it because Joe basically basically choked out Brock, mm-hmm. and we and this is all new. We never see anybody take Brock Lesnar to that kind of limit, and nobody nobody is crazy enough to attack Brock Lesnar from behind, and that's that's what I liked about it. And I'm loving the build up to this feud because. For the last year and a half or so, nobody's cared about Brock Lesnar. He was fight, he was messing with, with Goldberg, and then he had the, with the Dean, the Dean Ambrose thing and the Randy Orton thing at SummerSlam. He never actually had an actual build-up to a match with, with the person there. And a key factor to this whole thing is Paul Heyman. Because even backstage, when when um, Joe came up behind him and acted like he was with the lock, the yeah. and Heyman was like, I'm just an advocate. 
Devil's mm-hmm. Advocate. I thought that was perfect. I love Joey. Joe's tone when he responded to him was perfect. Yeah. Like that super calm but terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was perfect. That chemistry together is phenomenal. Yeah. I love those two together. But like I said, they're actually building Joe as a legitimate threat because whoever sees, one, who attacks Brock from, from behind, who's crazy enough to do that, and two, he choked him out his face turned purple just as, just as a shirt. Yeah. Who like and that actually selling Samoa Joe as a as a, a a dominant chance to actually beat Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar never gets choked out, it never gets attacked from behind. Even and they got and we have another pull apart, so we actually have something else to gripe on to actually want to see this match even more. Yeah, I loved that Brock fought it off for a little while because it could have just been he quickly snuck up behind him, locked it on, and that was it. Brock fought it off, actually pushed him through. Uh, Pushed him through the the screen. The stage at one spots point. were definitely. Uh, I, I thought that was a highlight of it because you you saw some indentation going on there. Yeah, they actually pushed the screen back, but Joe was able to fight him off and get the Kakina clutch in anyway. So yeah, I thought the segment was great. Heyman obviously incredible. I'm really looking forward to this match. They've done a really good job building it. Get another pull apart where some guys come out from the locker room. I, I thought it was awesome. And then Heyman's interview, like Alo said, afterwards was great. <laughs> he's he's really incredible. I miss that guy when he's not there. And I'm always really happy when he is there. Uh, speaking of monsters, Braun Strowman shows up again in an ambulance. <laughs> well, he wasn't in the ambulance. The ambulance was the distraction. Roman's promo was kind of a basic Roman promo, as you kind of expect to get from him. I did like that he called out the crowd, hey, if you give me a second, you might actually like this. Where <laughs> um, he said that he got, he got beat down, basically, the week before. Braun obliterates Roman Reigns once again. Do we think this is all leading to a Braun Strowman victory at Great Balls of Fire? I'm not sure, because John Cena's kind of throwing shade at Roman Reigns now, so maybe that'll be the WrestleMania match. I mm-hmm. really hope I hope it is, <laughs> so I can see you. <laughs> dressed as both guys. You dressed as both guys. Or should I do costume changes throughout the show? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it'll be perfect, but I'm not sure whether they're going to go. Cause I'm not even sure if the winner faces Brock goes on Aaron, the face. Aaron, why, why, why can't you be John? I could be. <laughs> I yeah, could be. Who said he couldn't? <laughs> no, I, no, I said I couldn't. But I do like... I'm not sure who's, who's going to face the Universal Champion. We're assuming it's going to be Brock because I don't think they'll be smart enough to give the belt to Joe. But we, we have to assume the winner of this match is actually going to go face the Universal Champion at SummerSlam. This feud has been going on since or since after WrestleMania. Well, before WrestleMania, I believe, mm-hmm. too. So this is, this is going to be the payoff. And I remember before Braun got hurt, I said the payoff is going to be an ambulance match. And we're, and we're actually it goes all the way that. back to Rumble. Oh, yeah, it does go back to the Rumble. But they had that match at Fastlane in February. So I did say we were going to get an ambulance match. We got we got it a few, month, a few, a few months too late, but we are, we are going to get it. There wasn't much to build off there. Braun's getting the best of Roman again. And when in doubt, you always pick Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's true. So is that where you're leaning? At this point, yes, because I'm not sure where, where they're going to go because they're saying that they might want to switch to Roman Cena at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do Brock and Roman now. So I'm not sure. I think Roman Cena is smarter for WrestleMania than Brock, Brock and Roman. I think that's more of a draw because the love-hate thing is going to be there. The IWC will lose it. And whether you like it or not, 
Oh my god, who would have thought John Cena would be in the match of the night? Oh my goodness. That will come to fruition because that match will be phenomenal. Yeah. And you will pay, and you will think you hate it, but you really do like it. There is really what you want to see. Will they break the record for most false finishes in a match? Yes. Most kickouts at two and a half? Yes. Most finishers used? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it just based solely on the idea of how much <laughs> it'll annoy the IWC. Um,. Going down to the Intercontinental Championship, we had an episode of Miz TV <laughs> with the Big Baller brand featured prominently with Lonzo, LaMelo, and of course, most famously, LeVar. Uh, My I, best friend was looking forward to this. I know. I I'm going to let Alo take the reins here. Well, this segment was horrible, but it was worth it just seeing LeVar run to the ring. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> A lot of good tweets have come out of that yes. footage. It was it was perfect. I have the gift saved to my phone. It, it was hysterical. But I said I, I'm a Lavar Ball defender. I like Lavar Ball. I think his he's a good father. I think a lot of the stuff that he does, the media just picks the stuff picks picks out the things that they want you to see that are basically outlandish and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The man the man's a good father. If you don't if you wouldn't tell your kid that you could be better than Michael Jordan. Even though, even though you do that at a younger age, the fact that he's still doing it, actually hyping up his own kids, what, what you're supposed to do in life and be a positive influence on them, there's no reason to hate that guy for that. This, 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 some of the stuff he says is complete blasphemy, like he could be Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't blame him for, for the kind of father he is. LaMelo is only 15 years old. He's already got a full scholarship to UCLA in 2019. Did you by any chance watch the NBA award show? I didn't watch all of it. Did you by any chance see Drake's joke about LeVar Ball? No, I did not. He said that LeVar Ball is the uh, the little-known, stereotypical black father who cares too much. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the crowd seemed to get a good laugh out of that. I thought it was funny that he said that. Yeah, because, like I said, LeVar Ball, like, you hate him for his comments, but the guy's actually a good father. And this segment, it was horrible. I, I'll, give it to, I'll give it to you right there. The, the, and then they like the whole big ball brand label like that 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 was too much. What I wanted was I wanted him with the Titus brand mm-hmm. or, or Titus Worldwide because I've been cha- I've been saying since the Titus brand came with Apollo that Titus O'Neil is Levar Ball and Apollo Cruz loves the ball because Apollo says nothing and mm-hmm. Titus does everything for him. Yeah. So I, that's what I want the two brands going head to head, not something with the miss. Yeah. And then for so, Lamel, go ahead, best friend. No, I mean, so. That idea, it makes sense, but with the the mainstream they got going on with him, I see why they put him where they did. I think where they really dropped the ball on this segment, and you're going to eat this up. If anything, they should have had him playing the heel role with Miz and not siding with Ambrose. Because it didn't... It, as much as you, you know, you're saying you know he, he's a good father and all that, and I've never, I'm, I'm not saying he's not a good parent, but I mean the character he, you know, basically portrays, you know, they could have played something off that. They could have played something uh, with Mrs. Brand and his, and I thought that could have just been executed so much better than the shamble we watched. What well, a celebrity usually always sides with the face, the baby face. That's how that's how it usually works. A lot of times, the celebrities don't always get cheered. So you gotta get them. You gotta get them shared somehow. And then what really killed it for me was when Lonzo came out in those slides. Like you are on national television and you're wearing some slides. And the fact that he didn't know how to speak in public. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you know Lavar uh, made claim that you can play a full game of basketball in those slides. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So we're going to get to Ronnie versus the world right now. Oh, there we go. So I'll preface this with, Alo, I actually agree with you about LeVar Ball being a good father because it's a shame that this happens, but you do you do get that stereotype of like the, the kid whose dad wasn't around or the kid whose dad came around when he became successful. This is a guy who genuinely loves and supports those kids. So I can appreciate that and respect that. Anybody who is basically living his life as a wrestling character, I can appreciate. Yes. Like, he's going out there and legit cutting promos. Yes. At the draft, he cut a promo. (laughs) Yes. Right on on Jeff, uh, whatever his name is. Hey, whatever his name is. Jeff Goodman. The playoffs. Yeah. Legit cuts a promo. I respect that. And Lonzo does not have any charisma. Lonzo doesn't have any personality. So his dad is like... Building him up for him. Yes, he's his advocate, basically. Um, So this is nothing against LeVar Ball as a person or what he does. My problem with this is a couple things. One, that I feel like the way he acted during this segment... Stereotypical. It was stereotypical, and it was like the way somebody who doesn't watch wrestling or somebody who makes fun of wrestling sees wrestling. So to me, it was like he came out there and made a mockery of professional wrestling. Yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, they're letting this guy go out and make a mockery out of this. Uh, It took time away from people who were actually on your roster and working hard. But it was just a bad segment. Yeah. Then, you know, LaMelo obviously uses the N-word on the air. And WWE, you know, he does it. They go on. They go their separate ways. And then WWE releases a statement, you know, the next day. Saying, you know, well, we don't condone that speech. Like, you know, we don't uh, agree with it. That's not our view that he used a racial slur. Hopefully this isn't controversial, but when a black man says that word, I don't look at it like a racial slur. I look at it as it's slang, but he's not using a racial they're slur. They're just covering their small right. ends. They are. But also, you want to make a statement about that. Well, how about this? How about instead of being so strict with your commentary team that they can't say anything, that they got to say dumb stuff like WWE Universe, they can't use the term belt. Uh, they, you, you, Your talent is so handcuffed, they're not allowed to say anything. But then you just let this family come in who doesn't care about your company. They weren't there the week before. They won't be there the week after. They probably won't be there ever again. You just let them go out there and do whatever they want. So don't all of a sudden distance yourself from something that you allow to happen. Especially when you restrict your own talent so much. So, and then not to mention Josh Dumal being on commentary. Oh. I'm tired of all that stuff. Oh. You're, you're detracting from your own product. The commentary team is kind of announcing to Josh Dumal. Like, they're kind of playing to him. Like, oh. That wasn't a tag match, though. It was a tag match. It wasn't this. I'm okay. just saying, like, the things they were saying uh, about Finn Balor. Like, oh, this is what makes this kid so special. Watch what he's going to do. You shouldn't be selling this to the guy on commentary. You should just be announcing the match. So for me, this was kind of a waste of time. Not to mention, they did it to get ratings. Their ratings went down this week. Really? Yeah. So it did not help. Yeah. The other thing is, the, my other main problem with this was, this was used to kind of propel the Intercontinental title feud, which has been horrible. Because mm-hmm. it's been about, Mar- about Ms. and Maurice having just fu- messed up in their marriage, and then Mrs. Entourage and Teddy Bears. Yeah. You you do this to forward your intercontinental title, and that's why title scene, and that's why I said I want him 
face to face with Titus because mm -hmm. it actually makes sense. The two brands going against each other, the two guys going back and forth, but uh, back and forth against each other's brand. That's what I'm on. That's a progress in Intercontinental Title feud, which has been horrible since since um Extreme Rules. Yeah, I just feel like. They chose to do this. They deserve the blowback. Whatever blowback there is, they deserve it. And it didn't help. And how about if you're going to send guys out there who don't know what they're doing, how about instead of overly coaching the actual talent that knows what they're doing, how about you spend a little time in, in coaching them on what to do? Because they didn't know how to get into the ring. And then when they got out there, they didn't know what to do. So... It's on WWE. I blame WWE way more. Not to mention, LaMelo Ball's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah. So don't hold him responsible for making a mistake. Yeah, and I thought he didn't have any place there. Because it's no. about LeVar and Lonzo. Mm -hmm. I thought he didn't have any place. I knew, it was part, I knew it was probably part of the deal. I know he did that. LeVar probably had a big thing, big hand in doing that. But he had no place there at that time. Yeah, agreed. It's not about him. Uh, yeah. So that's Ronnie versus the world this week. I, I, I feel like if they did it, they should have done it better. They didn't handle it properly. They let it get out of hand. It's their own fault. Uh, there was a, a six-man tag afterwards. Dean Ambrose in his big baller brand <laughs> T-shirt, teamed with Slater and Rhino against the Miz Taraj. That's a thing now, apparently. The Miz, uh, Bo Dallas, and Curtis Axel. I did enjoy Graves calling Miz, saying Miz was like the hometown guy, <laughs> being in Los Angeles. Like he's obviously from Ohio, but I enjoyed him calling him the hometown guy in Los Angeles. Uh, the hometown advantage, I thought that was great. Match was okay, I guess. Didn't but care. this whole feud is kind of uh, nothing special. No. Eck, you got any thoughts on the Intercontinental Championship picture right now? Yeah, I think they need to get it away from Miz. He's dragging it down. <laughs> Straight to the gutter. Yeah, I think they got to find somebody else for him to be in a feud with. Because oh, we've seen... Uh, I I'm not saying it's Ambrose's fault. I'm just saying they've done this feud for way too long. Yeah, because we've it, seen it way too much. Yeah, and it dates back to early in the year, around December, December and January. And on top of that, everybody talks about how Roman Reigns is a turn heel. Dean Ambrose is a turn heel. <laughs> well, so my main thing with that, you know, before even talking about them turning heel, you know, as everyone knowing me not being the largest fan of the Miz and me being a fan of Ambrose. I thought they did a superstar shakeup so you could see new feuds, not take a feud from SmackDown and go pop it on Raw. But they have nothing yeah. else. The thing is, they have nothing else to do, though, because they, they took all the big names who they don't want in the mid-card, and they took them all from SmackDown when they don't, when they don't have any place there. That's, that's well, the I problem. Mean, I, I much As much of an Ambrose fan as I am, I'd rather see him going against uh, Elias Sampson and Balor feuding for the IC title rather than seeing the same thing for the past eight, nine months. I'm not going to disagree yeah, with I'm that. I'm not either. That I don't would wanna, be more interesting. Yeah, I don't want to see this anymore either, but it's what, it's what they're giving us. And yeah. it, it hasn't been good. Yeah. Uh, women's division. I know we've been up and down on it for no, most of the past down. year. Oh, You're down oh. right now? No, I, I, you said throughout the year. I thought you meant for the last few weeks. No, no, no. We've been up and down throughout the year. Sometimes it's been good. Sometimes it's been bad. It's been mostly bad recently. I think I feel like that they turned a corner on Monday night a little yes. bit. Yes. Because they're giving us a match that we've been wanting to see, and they actually did something that kind of made sense mm -hmm. on Monday night. I enjoyed Angle raffling the positions off one by one. Still on the phone. Yeah, loved him distracted by the phone the whole time. 
Um, they kind of teased it throughout the night, which is always good. And how often do we see a gauntlet match? Not that Not often. often. And it was perfect having well, Nia Jax being there first. It was the women's division. Is that a first? It's first. Oh, that was the first one ever? Yeah, for women's division, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Um, they got a list in the back of matches they haven't done, and then once a month they got a, <laughs> They give us one that they haven't done before. That well, this past weekend was a big weekend for Sasha Banks. She was at the Teen Choice Awards, correct? At the BET Awards, turning Look, heads. Looking good! Yes. <laughs> they actually made it a point, you know, coming back from commercial at one point <laughs> to show pictures of her from the BET Awards. I mean, she's going to win. So, <laughs> if you, yeah, if you guys remember, the first thing I ever wrote at TJR Wrestling was basically how Sasha, Sasha Banks, Banks is going to be a huge star. Compared to, to the female Shawn Michaels. Yes. And basically I said the sky's the limit for this woman. Like, she can basically do anything she wants if they allow her to. Uh, maybe after this weekend they realize, like, oh, wait a minute. We have something here. Let's run with her. I don't know if that's what happened, but that's what it feels like to me. That they, they kind of forgot what she was. They realized, like, oh, wait a minute, she's got some star quality. Maybe we should do something with her. And they did. And I thought this match was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Poor Bailey and Emma. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Well, un- I just look at it like this was Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Yeah. They just needed to make a plausible way that yeah. that Sasha could beat her. Yeah, it was, it was portrayed properly. Yeah. It was just the fact that Bailey got made short um, made short work. So did mm-hmm. so did Emma. The other, Mickey James and Dana, you would kind of expect it because they basically, they basically well, done. Dana's entrance was longer yes. than her portion of the match. Yeah, yes. I was about to say, Dana had the shortest work. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I guess she didn't fill her application full. Yeah, Emma was out almost <laughs> got, as fast though. She got hired. She got hired before the application got to uh, her pre- previous uh, employer and any traits. Yeah, so I'm just glad that because I remember last week. Well, for the last two or three weeks. The, the women's division has been my what is this of the week yeah. for the last two to three weeks. So I'm glad I actually followed up on all the women involved in those segments for the last two to three two to three weeks. We actually got a, a fun gauntlet match. I love this, the story between Sasha and Nia. Yeah. And I thought it was smart having Nia coming out first. I don't like the I don't like the way how it was built up, but you kind of had to set the match up that way with Bailey being quick and Emma being quick too. But I thought Sasha and Nia was awesome. Even the way Sasha won with the Bank statement locked in, mm-hmm. arching it all the way back. I thought that I thought that was great, and it might have been ugly, but we finally got the the, the few we want with Sasha and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that's one of the things I have in my note that the the ending was a little shaky, but it was a great finish to the match. I loved though. So one, I was really impressed with Nia that she had been in there for like 13 or 14 minutes by the time Sasha got out there, and she held up her end of the deal in their match. That match was like a sprint when Sasha got in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha bumps unbelievably hard all the time. I almost wish she would ease up a little bit, but it's also kind of what, why I respect her so much. That running knee that she hit was great. Of course, Cole, Cole called it an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> she hits a running knee, and he says, Oh, Sasha with the elbow. Like, that? no, wrong joint. <laughs> wrong wrong joint. limb, completely. But Sasha took a beating, comes out on top, as Alo said, the uh, the bank statement finish. She's hand raised at the end. Angle, I thought Angle coming out was a great touch, like to present her as the number one contender. Alexa came out, and now we have the feud that we want. Sasha hits her with the drop kick, holds the title up. 
Goes to hand her the title under the ropes and pulls it back when she goes to grab it. I thought it was a great stare down. And Raw ends with Sky's the Limit. I thought that was great. I didn't think I was going to see that for a long time. Eck, are you feeling happier about the women's division now than you were last week? I think I'm feeling the happiest with this since um, Alexa originally won the title. Mm-hmm. I thought when she won the title, you know, her and her and Bailey's storyline had so much hope and potential, and it was a little more than a flop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I figured, you know, we already saw the title change hand. The only thing that I think anyone would want to see is Sasha and Alexa. Um, this was obviously the money match, and hopefully, they, you know, I was nervous they were going to try to hold this off for a year, maybe rumble season. Uh, I'm happy they're moving forward with it right now. Uh, I think the majority of us on the show always say if they got something, they can do it. They need to stop saving it. Um, this is the the money women's match to see. I mean, I think it's potentially it has every right to be better than anything that can happen on the blue brand as well. Yeah, this is the feud in the match that everybody's been wanting. And I remember how excited we all we all were when we first saw it teased in that one match. It was like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And now it finally is. How long do you think this goes? Um, I'm interested to see if it goes past... The um, great balls. The, I don't even want to say great balls of fire. <laughs> I, I'm trying to. I have to. I have to say. I'm not sure if it's gonna go past great balls of fire because Alexa still has this thing with Nile, and that hasn't been, even been paid off yet either. So I'm not sure if this is gonna be a one-off or not. I don't want it to be a one-off, but who knows what we see. And another thing is, like, are we ever gonna get a Sasha heel turn against Bailey? But, but Bailey's nothing anymore. Nothing now. So it doesn't, it doesn't really. It doesn't really matter if they go back to that level. Yeah, they have to build Bailey back up before yeah. a heel turn on Bailey is gonna matter. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then at the same time, I mean, Sasha has made it clear in interviews and on social media. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where she she's made it clear. It's not just about, you know, her whole having fun thing, like stop rushing for her to be. I, I almost think that that's going to be one of those things where I'm sure almost anytime she comes out, you're almost wondering, oh, is she about to turn heel? Is she about to turn heel? I think if it ever happens, it's going to hopefully they do it right when you actually don't expect it. I mean, that'd be awesome if they could figure out a way to do that because we all legitimately, for like eight weeks there, were thinking, okay, now it's going to happen. Okay, next week, now it's going to happen. And it just never did. So it, it will and happen I mean, eventually because she's too good at it for them not to do it. But I don't and, think and it's happening soon. I think with everything she was just involved with this weekend and you were just thinking about, like, you know, all the uh, exposure she could get, I think some of the smart, I mean, if um, obviously there's not award shows that um, she'll be at every weekend but I mean imagine how much better that would be for the company if she was there with the belt obviously she you know as much as um, you know you guys prance around for the Miz going on red carpet with the IC (laughs) title it does usually fit a little better with a face so if uh, you know with Sasha not turning you know she's kind of in a prominent role to yeah it would be cool to see her introduced as the WWE Women's Champion which would be cool if that's the position she was in. So, Eck, do you think she's going to be the champion after Great Balls of Fire? I, I think if this is not a one-off, I think if she gets a second swing at it, I think there there's potential for her to get another title reign. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm like 50-50 on it now. I obviously don't have to make a prediction yet, but I don't know I which think, way I'm leaning I think right to now. justify or a little bit of my reasoning on it, um, it's kind of like, now obviously Bailey's lost a large share of her steam with uh, her poor booking lately. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where I, I thought as well, like when um, Sasha shows up on 205 Live, like she doesn't need to be in the women's title picture because – you know that she she's her own draw. Yeah. But I think there may be maybe stuff she could do with the title, and I feel like Alexa's getting to that point where, you know, maybe she doesn't completely need the title to be to matter. No, I think she's so, still who I, she is without it. Yeah. So I I do agree with that. Uh, tag team division, not a whole lot this week. Although the the six man tag actually was a really good match, as much as I hated the guest commentator, oh, he was horrible. I thought the match was actually really good. Oh yeah, it was fun. The Hardys and Finn Balor, mm-hmm. they were fun together. Yeah, they were good. I don't know how often we're gonna see it. Did you see after the after they won, Matt Hardy? She said he he whispered wonderful. <laughs> did he really? I did yeah. not see that. Uh, so Elias Sampson and Finn Balor, this is a thing. Yes. Do you like this being a thing? It, that's the that's the problem with Raw because they took guys from SmackDown they, that they didn't that they didn't need to take and it's making Raw so cluttered. So you know you have Finn Balor who you kind of made a big deal about. Now you have him just doing a layover thing with with Elias Sampson. I really wanted to hear that song with him, Cesaro and Me Sheamus. Too. By the way, I really did. I was pissed. I was walking with Elias <laughs> at that point. But Matt Madness is always on things first. Yeah, <laughs> we, were already, we were always walking with Elias. Uh-huh. And we'll get to the we'll get to the next thing that we were always behind mm-hmm. in the next in the next segment. But this is a thing. It's a holdover. I wish it wasn't a holdover. I'm interested to see if they actually have Elias Sampson win this match because Finn mm-hmm. Balor already a big guy. No, I agree. Uh, Ek, well, I mean that'll be a, a huge surprise. What? If Elias goes over. Oh, yeah, it would be a huge surprise. It's like a one, two, three kid level surprise. <laughs> I think, um, do, do you think there's any chance that Vince has maybe, the luster has worn off of Finn Balor for Vince? No, I just think Ross too crowded. Like, he's small. Yeah. He got hurt. No, I, no, I, I don't The night I don't he won so. that, that title they were debuting, he got hurt. I feel like Vince is very fickle with things like that. Now, they did do the 24 special that was very well received. They haven't done the Demon yet. I, like, that's my worry is maybe Vince is like, oh, well. Like, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I, I don't think. I just think Raw's too cluttered. Yeah, I think, I think this, is, this, is, this is to hold him over. Um, Bal- this is going to go to a match of Great Balls of Fire, and Balor's going to go over. And, and by the way, there's nothing that anyone can do to promote Transformers anymore. It's death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they had to use that time to promote it. No, and then the thing with the Hardys and Cesaro and Sheamus, like, what now? You're not, you haven't progressed anything. And Sheamus is about to leave. Yes, so you, you tell us Sheamus is about to leave <laughs> in a month or whatever. So you're basically telling, okay, the Hardys don't get the titles back. Yeah, but it's like, what now with this story? Because the Hard, the Hardys do have a gripe because that two out of three falls match are finished. But I said a few weeks ago, okay, you had a ladder match, you had a two out of three falls match, you had a cage match. So what now? Yeah, I don't know. They're just gonna, the blow-off match is going to be a regular match. Maybe it's going to be at the compound. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, I would love it if they did it. I, but, I love that. But I don't think they will. I need King Maxwell. Oh, my God. Outside. I know. Yeah, I, I just I want to see Matt's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. You do want to see Rebby. 
Um, oh. Cruiserweight oh. division. We have Lindsay Dorado, who we haven't seen in a while, against Neville. And Akira Tozawa in the Titus brand VIP <laughs> area once again. I love that. Um, Neville gets the win. Tozawa kind of confronts him. And Titus stops the proceedings to say, basically, why fight for free? I just negotiated a match for you guys at Battleground. <laughs> or at Great Balls of Fire. Um, I'm really enjoying Titus O'Neil. I love it. I love him. <laughs> and the crowd is with him, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that just me wanting to think that? No, or? I think they're behind him. Because before he would get booed at the building and <laughs> yeah. wouldn't see him. But now people actually like him. He's, yeah. he's, he's been really good. The power of Tazawa. I love it. <laughs> Eck, how do you feel about the Titus brand? It, Titus it Worldwide. Week. <laughs> so it, it, you it look forward to every it? week. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the strongest things they did is going in the direction of um, utilizing the, the cruiserweight division. Because mm-hmm. I think that... It's one of those things. I mean, T- Titus O'Neil was getting, you know, annoying everyone. And then I think, you know, it could have turned into a heel tag team of just him and Apollo mm-hmm. because you almost couldn't stand either one of them. Yeah. But I think right when he started, you know, hunting down Tazawa, I think that, that was the best move for him because the, the interaction, the awkwardness, I mean, it, it, made, it made the whole three of them go over in a new light. Yeah, Tazawa's reactions to Titus are so good (laughs) like sometimes it seems like he's like what the hell is going on sometimes it seems like titus is winning him over uh titus did say on 205 live this past week he said all right maybe i haven't fully bought in yet but uh basically he said i'm gonna have an offer you can't refuse come monday and then that offer was the uh cruiserweight championship match at great balls of fire is there any chance tozawa wins it no Eck. Well, I don't want to say no chance. Um, I mean, there's always that could be the that could be more of a reason for him to endorse. Uh, what if Titus helps him cheat to win? Um, but I, I don't think it would necessarily make sense. I think Neville, if he's going to drop the title, it should be to a bigger star. I do sort of agree with that. I don't know how long. How long has he had? He's had it since the Rumble. Since the Rumble. So he's had a, a hell of a run. Very yeah. strongly booked champion. Eventually somebody's going to unseat him. I wouldn't mind it being Tozawa because I think he's great. But I don't know if he's if he's got any kind of star power for that yet. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, we had Seth Rollins squash Kurt Hawkins. We had Bray doing the same old thing on the Titantron. It's unfortunate that Seth Rollins is in a position again that doesn't matter, and it's unfortunate that once again Bray Wyatt means nothing. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything to say about this? Because I, I really don't. I I, I don't. I did like last because I wasn't here last week. I did like like what they did last week, mm-hmm. but even even that after Seth did the crossbody, yeah, there was some meat on the bones last week. Yeah, but yeah, but even though Seth did the crossbody for top mm-hmm. to end the segment, that that's that's all that's all all it really had. The only thing I gotta say about Rollins is that knee has to go. Yeah. There's no build to it. Nobody's anticipating or anything. It's just flat. In the it just happens. Yeah. It's not like in New Japan where when the Rainmaker gets hit. Yeah. By Okada, like people are waiting for it, expecting it. It's just not that way. Yeah. For Seth, I don't know what they Wait. could replace it with. 
you, you don't know how to expect a, a finishing move when it's someone's third or fourth different finishing move in their <laughs> main roster career. That's true. That he's had the curb stomp. He's had. But, did he ever use the Phoenix Flash as his finisher? He's done it, but never won a matches. Curb stomp and pedigree, and now this. Okay. But this is like you. It's like there's no build up to it. Nobody's anticipating it or anything. Yeah, it just happens. Um, I think he may have won one Raw match with the Phoenix Flash. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember he hit like a weird looking one against Cena, I believe, at Night of Champions. But I know he didn't win that match with it. Um, or maybe that was even at, uh, it might have even been at the Rumble when it was here. He had a weird looking one where he just landed on him with his arms. Uh, but you, you actually, that's a good point that it may just be that he's had so many finishers, nobody's really latching on to one at this point. Do you think you should just go back yeah, to mean, the that, curb stop? Is there any chance they'll do that? It, it seems like they're they're way too far removed from it, but I think it is it's the smartest thing for them to do, without a doubt. That would get a bigger reaction on a show than almost anything else. If you hit stop? the curb stop oh, again, yeah. I would love to see it. Uh, Gold Dust cuts another uh, Golden Age promo, beats down our truth. I thought Los, yeah, Los Angeles was the perfect place for it. The gold gear was awesome. Um, I'm guessing this is going to be a match, maybe the pre-show. It deserves not to be on the pre-show, but it probably will get the pre-show treatment. Because if it doesn't, what will? They need some match um, on the pre-show. I, I, I don't know. I almost would say, like, he would almost make more sense if like at this point and i you know we're all advocate of uh being sad about how poorly booked the intercontinental championship is Mm -hmm. i'd rather see the intercontinental title be on the uh the pre-show because they're they're actually doing something right where i think these these two guys specifically haven't mattered or no one's cared about them this much i mean Mm -hmm. aside from ron um, (laughs) in, in in who knows how long. <laughs> and, I mean, this is something people are actually invested in. So it, it would be a shame if they can't actually get a real match. Also, to that point, if they're repackaging Goldust and R-Truth is about to be the host on a WWE Network original game show, they may want to feature these two guys a little bit because they want to promote this new show eventually. So why not put yeah. the guy in a prominent position? Um, I do love them going this direction with Goldust, though. I think it's I think it's great. I think he's probably needed it for a while. Um, Enzo and Cass. Enzo comes out heartfelt. You know, I want to talk with Cass man to man, um, talking about them being family. That he's not willing to give up on it. I did think it was weird that Cass came out to Enzo's voice. Yep. In the theme music. With his Minitron. With his own Minitron. Yeah. But I did so, like that he wore just the black shirt. I did like that. <laughs> Go ahead, Ed. I, I, You know, with some of the chatter we had in, in the group text uh, during Monday, I, I could look past that and I, even more in retrospect. One, while it's happening, you know, I mean, when Enzo was hurt, that's that's how he came out. Mm-hmm. He came out with without the you know the verbal stick um, to guide him to the ring, um, and, and you know it, I don't know if he had his own Tron or if it said Big Cass, but 
you know, that was that was his gimmick for his entrance then. Um, they made you think for a second that they're going to make things work and make amends. And if that's going to happen, obviously he can't come out to some new new music. So, I mean, I think that was another way, and not that everyone bought into it. I don't think none of us did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do know I was watching this with a seven-year-old who was actually enjoying it. Oh, poor that, Troy. You know, big, Oh, oh, he he was he was pissed when he turned <laughs> on him again. So I mean, for the people that actually can or did buy into it, you know, I think they um, that was just another detail. And it's, you know, we are always quick to point out what WWE does wrong. So I think that was one of the few few and proud things that they actually handled right. Yeah. So my my initial thought when he came out, it was like you knew for a month. That you were breaking these guys up. You couldn't have something prepared for him to come out differently. I don't know if he just came back came out to no music. Yeah, that too. That's um, what I thought was gonna happen. I mean, in retrospect, so I have that written in my note, but in retrospect, yeah, they were trying to tease that they weren't actually splitting up, so it makes more sense after the fact. But I thought they did a hell of a job selling it. Mm-hmm. Like I knew which way this was going. But they really did yeah. almost make me believe, like, oh, maybe, maybe they thought this is what they needed to get, to get them from being stale, like make us think we're not going to get it anymore, make everybody disappointed. Yeah. And then everybody loves him again because. Yeah. And you gotta love Enzo. Enzo mm-hmm. sold it. Like they both sold it perfectly. But Enzo was. Enzo was legitimately crying. Yeah, he was like really, he was like really willing to forgive Cass for last week, and he's like, "You're my family, my brother," and he really was going going forward. He was willing, willing to let, let really let it go, and because he just wanted his boy back. So Enzo mm-hmm. did a great job selling this, and Cass did a great job too. But Enzo more than Cass. Yeah, so Cass was just kind of out there to play the like paint by numbers villain, like I'm gonna I'm gonna reel you in and then turn on you at the last possible second. But you get the high, you get the the roller coaster with Enzo of he's devastated, he's hopeful, he's elated, and then he just gets destroyed. Yeah. And the crowd, I mean, really, they loved it when they hugged. And then they really went nuts for it when he turned on them. So I give WWE a lot of credit. They really, it was a good segment. They really invested you. Um, and it may turn into, like, now I actually am kind of more interested in what happens now. Because at first it was like, okay, they split. I just want it to be over. Now I'm like, okay, they, they like actually really reeled me back in. So I really enjoyed this segment. I thought they did a great job. Um, and then I loved... Cass threatening Corey Graves. Yeah. I thought that was... And then Corey just trying to like play it off like nothing happened. Another thing with Corey Graves is, I wish they mentioned that whole handshake thing mm-hmm. a few from a few weeks back, but they, they, just, they didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. But my thing with Corey Graves is, how does he know all this stuff? That's still not... That still hasn't really yeah. developed into anything yet. He just knows everything for, for some reason. Is he going to be... Is he going to ultimately be on Kurt Angle's side in this whole thing? Is he kind of working for Triple H in this thing? What I think he's working for Triple H. If if it is Triple H. But yeah. my thing is, like, do you know if he's working for anybody? It's just like, he just happens to know everything. He may be in business for himself. Do you think we find out why he knows this We'll stuff? find out. Because it, it's a part of the whole Angle story, too. But even the whole Angle story, that's not... Angle's been on his phone, but nothing's really been said about the whole situation with yeah. somebody black, blackmailing him. Uh, true. Eck, what are your thoughts on Corey Graves' involvement in all this? I, I want to think ultimately he's 
going to turn out to be working for the authority. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the main thing that would obviously make sense. Uh, I think the whole thing about, you know, him knowing the information with Enzo and Cass, you know, he basically led that to being tipped off by someone from someone that worked in the backstage. Um, yeah, but overall, I, I think, you know, he is a, a heel commentator, heel commentator. So I think it would only make sense that, you know, he's he's working with the authority in some fashion. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm leaning as well. Anything else from Raw anybody wants to discuss? Hit everything. Heck, anything? No, that was everything. All right, so we have SmackDown. Uh, we have the fallout from the Money in the Bank briefcase being stripped from Carmella. This is the highest rating SmackDown got since the Superstar shakeup uh, two weeks after WrestleMania, so that's a good sign for them. Uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. We got the rematch, I guess is what you call it, the second ever, first ever on SmackDown Live. Uh, Carmella is now officially the Money in the Bank, Miss Money in the Bank. She's holding the contract now. I thought that the promo, while similar to the week before, I think it was still delivered well. I think her work has been great. I love that the crowd still reacted to her the way they did. And I just think that they gave the the contract to the right person. I thought Ellsworth was great in the match, sneaking in, trying to... When he dove and flopped onto the barricade, I died. I thought that was excellent. Um, And I thought this match was better than the pay-per-view match. I don't know what you guys thought about that. There weren't many high spots. As the pay-per-view match, it was pre- this. Ma- this is more presented as a match and not trying to just get your stick in. That's how I took it. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it more. Eck, what were your thoughts on this match compared to the pay-per-view match? Um, I there was a few spots like where I liked where every female was touching the ladder at once, or you know when they had the moment where they all um. They all, you know, confronted Carmella at the same time on the ladder. I, I liked little spots like that, but, you know, it's kind of like Aaron said, you know, there wasn't really no, nothing dramatic as far as a spot. I think, obviously, this, they were just trying to do something over, so I think their hands were a little tied. I don't think they wanted to play any risk. Um, obviously, at the pay-per-view, they were um, pretty careful with everything then, so it's kind of obvious they were going to be more careful this time around. But, I like seeing uh, I mean, Ellsworth I, take the bump in this one, yes. too. That yeah. was one of the things I was most disappointed about, was that he didn't take a bump in the pay-per-view match. Because remember I said that I think they just did this rematch because of the backlash it actually mm-hmm. it actually got. But I yeah, thought that... Yeah, but I thought that was going to be the, the scene at Money in the Bank, but it, but it wasn't. So they actually came through, with, came through with it this time. Now, so I had things I liked in this match, and I had things I liked in the pay-per-view match better. But I'm glad they got they let Carmella regain the money in the bank because it kind of keeps her heat and, she, and it keeps her as the, as that hated heel. And look, no matter what, I still got this. And the fact that James L were find a way back to get back in the arena, I thought I thought was great. Yeah. Now the whole Charlotte Natty thing, you could tell that's still going to be a thing. You probably you'll probably get that at Battleground because we'll get to that the women's title thing in a second. But you could kind of tell that Charlotte and Natty that's still going to be a thing because remember Charlotte powerbombing through that table a few weeks back, and then they had the physical the real physical match a few weeks later, and then those two fighting in the crowd. I think that actually progresses that feud. Yeah, that that was a good touch too, that they were out on the other side of the barricade when all that happened. Um, 
so that was one of the things I was worried about. It was like you captured something with Ellsworth grabbing that briefcase, giving it to Carmella. Everyone hated her. And then for you to turn it around, it's like you kind of cost yourself that. They're very fortunate that they didn't lose it because she still got the same reaction, if not more so. So I give them credit for that, too. I thought they were going to screw this up and give it to somebody else. I give them credit for sticking to who won it in the first place. And it was kind of cool to see it. Like, it gave you something to look forward to. And the women main evented both shows this week, yeah. which is really cool. Well, three, we got NXT. Yeah, now do we think, you're right, do we think that has anything to do with the May Young Classic coming up? No. No, you don't think that they're trying to feature the women because of that? No, that's not until August. But they're already kind of talking about it. They're kind of previewing it. No, I, I just think the women, they've earned, like, they've earned those spots. And then two to four, two, well... The Money in the Bank, that was the, the second one was Money in the Bank. That's main event worthy. And then you have the first ever women's gauntlet match, which I was shocked that did actually mm-hmm. main event raw. Eck, do you think that, that there's any any legs to that, that they know they're having this women's tournament coming up this summer and they're trying to feature the women to get more hype on that tournament? No, I mean, you know, I, I saw a little buzz on on social media. I, I think the main events had to do with a little bit of backlash from uh, previous weeks. Um, they did make the, the women's division look, I think, stronger, of course, on SmackDown due to, obviously, the, the ladder match. Um, Naomi looking strong in, in her title defense. Uh, I think the one thing with the, the women's tournament that I'm wondering, and I know you guys, you kind of got into it a little bit on um, FCA this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hope they pull the thing they did with, you know, I, I believe with the Cruiserweight Classic. They had about three people that were signed from NXT there. I hope they do some of that with people that are kind of being or ladies that are being underutilized that are currently with the um, that are signed. There's a few already named. They've only named ten so far, but there are a few that's already signed to NXT. Who? Lacey Evans. Okay. Is the Trinidad signed to NXT? She is, but she hasn't been announced yet. Okay. But I know there's two so far. I know Lacey Evans is one, or Lacey. Yeah, Lacey Evans. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who do you do you think there's anyone from NXT or from the main roster that'll end up on there? What Lacey Evans is in NXT, so she's in there. But I don't think anybody from the main roster. I think it'll be underutilized NXT talents. That, yeah, be that, that's there. exactly what I was getting to. I mean, main roster. I think that that should be. A, I don't want to say it's a smack in their face, but I think that's kind <laughs> of a, a. It's a step backwards in a way. I just know Bay's in there. Yeah, Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> that's all that matters to you. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, Naomi got a very strong victory over Lana. Now, Lana did post on social yes. media that her one shoulder wasn't down. Can we please stop with that? I noticed that. Yeah, because... We have had way too many of these happening. Yeah, because this is my... Th- okay, this is my what is, what is this of the week, by the way. So, my what, what's the point of this? Now, Lana, like, the thing is... What is Lana? We don't know what Lana is. We really we, we don't. And she lost... She had a, she, had, the match at Money in the Bank wasn't good. It was competitive, but it wasn't good. And then you have her go out there and nail her little fisherman spine buster. And after that, other night it was, it was basically a squash. And then she tweets about this, say, "Oh, my shoulder was up." So I'm assuming that this is going to be a thing. And Dan Bryan saying, "Yeah, well, her shoulder was up, so she'll get her rematch." Or Lana will go to Naomi and kind of trick her in against against another match. And if that's the way to actually build it up to her to actually getting the title. That's what it kind of seems like. But at this point, if not, if you're not going to do that, what are you doing, Lana? Because you may look horrible. Yeah, I, I kind of understand 
okay, the first match was competitive. It wasn't good. I think WWE may have heard chatter about that. Like, this was a bad idea. So they kind of did this, similar to the Money in the Bank match. Like, okay, let's just do a redo. And she'll just kill her. But yeah, I don't know where it goes from there. I kind of hope that's it. Like, maybe this puts Lana in the position where now she has to earn her way back up. But the thing is, you know how they are with their tweets, and they they, they they use social media in their shows, and that whole shoulder thing, I think that's going to be a thing on the show next week. And, and I think Lana's going to end up getting another match, possibly at Battleground. Because I said I think Charlotte and Natty, I think that's going to be a thing at Battleground. If, you, if Lana's not facing Lana again, where do you, where do you go with Naomi? You have plenty of time to get to Battleground, don't get me wrong, but where are you going to go? I don't know. I know, though, that I, it was disappointing because even I, watching the show, noticed that her shoulder was up. And I was like, oh, God, like, please don't let that be a thing. And then I saw the tweet today and I was like, well, it is. So I'm sure I, it I remember. I, I remember as seeing it happen, I was like, man, I hope Lana's just not that bad in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you even think it was intentional or do you think it just was sloppy ring work? Well, maybe, maybe Rusev called her after the match and said, hey, you, you still have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's worked a lot before, so why not give it a shot now? Um, I do like what they've done with the women on both shows, though. Yeah. And I haven't seen NXT yet, obviously, because I was here recording when it was going on, but I'm very much looking forward to that last woman standing yes. match. Have you, did you see it or no? I saw the ending per social media. Huh? I saw her the social media. Yeah, okay. social media. I haven't seen the rest of the match. Yeah, I'm looking forward but to the NXT it, Women's Division has been fantastic. Yeah, because Nick Nikki Cross is awesome. She's great. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that match. Uh, WWE Championship. We didn't have too much action. We had Randy Orton cutting off Aiden English as he was getting to show that he was the Shakespeare of song. Uh, Orton basically threatened physical violence against Jinder Mahal anywhere he goes if he doesn't get his rematch. Shane comes out, tells him to relax. He makes the rematch. And then Jinder tells him that it is going to be a Punjabi prison match. So what do we think of this? Now, see, we haven't seen this match in 10 years. There's only been two. It was at the Great American Bash 06 with Big Show and Taker. It was supposed to be Kali, but Kali got a wellness policy thing. And then in 07, No Mercy, it was Batista and Kali. And see, I was trying to make an effort to watch these matches again before I came here tonight, yeah. but I ran out of time. But I hated them as a kid. <laughs> a, a young T.H.A.L. did not care. I was, like, what, like, I was like, what is this? So... That's where what is this started. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm going to hold my criticism, but I do know that I hated it when, when it happened 10 years ago. Now, Randy's trying really hard here to get gender over. He, re- he really is. He actually, because one, he, the thing I liked about it is he actually had kind of a gripe and not just, oh, he beat me for my title, my title back. He actually had a gripe because the Singh Brothers attacked his dad and near the legends outside the club. Mm-hmm. So he has more, so he has more of a gripe out here. And then Jinder comes out and he actually has a point on why is Randy's over title shot because he did beat Randy Orton essentially, essentially. And the whole anti-American thing of you American and you people that actually worked this week because Shane just basically handed Randy a title shot in his in his in his lap. So that kind of worked out for once this week and it actually got some USA chance. For the first time, so yeah. gender actually kind of actually, in a way, got some heat in a way, and actually got booed for a legitimate mm-hmm. reason. 
Eck, you uh, moving anywhere near the positive direction about all this, or no? Um, for the stupidest reason, I'll say a little bit of a yes. And <laughs> what is this stupid, stupid reason? reason <laughs> so, I saw negativity chatter, and I specifically one being my best friend when the uh, the rumor was coming out that this would eventually get to being a, a Punjabi prison match. Mm-hmm. Now, similar to you, Ron, there was a several-year hiatus I mm-hmm. had from watching the product. I, I remember about six years ago or so when I started getting into WWE again, I somehow got stuck on YouTube and came across something that said Punjabi Prison. And I guess I watched both of them, and I thought Kali was in both. I'm not saying I'm, I'm right. Because mm-hmm. obviously I, I wasn't watching them when they were happening. He was supposed to be in the um, first one, but he got a wellness policy suspension, so the Big Show took his place. So now, and um, no knock to Big Show or Taker, but I mean, ideally, you know, it's similar to a cage match to an extent, but it's made out of bamboo. Um, <laughs> I think the concept that a match kind of looks cool. Uh, I've never seen one live. Uh, I mean, the three of us were going to be there live, so I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. Um, I know after the past two gender and Orton matches, I'm, you know, I was not looking forward to seeing them in another match. Um, hopefully the, the two of them can make it a good match. Uh, I hope so. I know a lot of people seem to be very anti-Punjabi prison match, but... Yeah, I've never seen one. I've never gone back and watched them. I wasn't watching when either of the two happened. So I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what it is. Well, we'll see a lot. Yeah, and it's not like Randy Orton's putting on a great straight match anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, I don't want to see them have a match So in, in general. So if they're going to have a match, I, I, I'd rather it be something different. Yeah, them doing this actually made me want to see it a little more. So I'm with you, Eck. Um, United States Championship. Not much action with the United States Championship this week. Just a backstage segment. AJ kind of complaining a bit to Daniel Bryan that the open challenge was an issue to him when he was the one who answered it. Uh, KO complaining to Daniel Bryan about AJ complaining to Daniel Bryan. And then a battle, an Independence Day Battle Royal for a, a U.S. title shot at Battleground was announced for next week on SmackDown. How many guys end up in this thing, and is there anyone who has a chance to win besides AJ Styles? No. I'm not sure how many. I'll say 20, mm-hmm. but it's AJ Styles. Heck. I will also guess 20. Um, it's, you know, it seems Nakamura's busy, but he's the only other person I could see that would be in that scenario. Do they have 20 guys to play? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sure they do. I mean, I'll go if 15. You, How about that? Okay. <laughs> we'll go 15. I could see 15, but I think if you use a bunch of tag teams. Yeah, the tag that, teams. I mean, that's about 10 but, right I mean, there. Yeah, I mean, but do they have a bunch of – I feel like there's like two tag teams on the show. You think that way because a lot of them are going ghosts. <laughs> yeah, there, there's plenty. Them. I mean, we saw American Alpha. Um, you know, we, we saw half of them come out to open – to answer the challenge. So we could definitely see um, – Jordan out there too. That's true. I mean, you get them. You get the headbangers, the fashion police. <laughs> so the entire male roster will be in yes. this match. Well, I mean, I'm I'm anxious to see it. 
Harper and Rowan something for them to do. Yeah. Who? <laughs> yeah. Harper and Rowan, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited at the idea that we'll get to see another KO-AJ match for the U.S. title. And I'm starting to lean a little bit towards AJ Styles is going to win the U.S. title. I'm not sure yet. I, I'm not I sure, but I'm, I was inkling gimme, that but that's what's going to We keep getting more and more uh, Owens America merchandise. That's the one of the <laughs> reasons why I'm thinking it may not be the case. But How unbelievable is that shirt, by it the is. way? It is. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, is that supposed to be themed after, like, Apollo Creed? I think so. It is perfect. The top I hope hat, he wears it. Me too. I'll tell you, I will be wearing it at some <laughs> point. I haven't bought it yet. But Does Owens come up with the top hat on SmackDown? I will. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I would do if I saw that, but that would be the highlight of the week for me if he comes out in that top hat. I feel like we should start tweeting at him to wear the top hat, although maybe that would make him not do it. Yeah, I think that'll make him block us. Yeah, or send a horrible response. Yeah. Well, I'm cool with getting horrible. You know I like getting a horrible response. But we like Kevin Owens. Yeah, I do like Kevin. Well, I like Eddie Kingston, too, and I set him up to lash out at me. So I wouldn't hate I would hate it if KO blocked me, but I definitely wouldn't mind if he insulted me. <laughs> um, and what could he say about me that I haven't already heard? Um, tag team division. Hype bros get a shot at the Usos. Pretty easy win for the Usos. New Day comes out. They set a rematch for Battleground. Didn't feel like this was the best promo, but the worst part is that it set up a rap battle for next week. A rap off, I believe they're calling it. Who needs to see this? <laughs> honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> That's always good. Eck, do you need to see a rap off between the Usos and the New Day? Only if Bo Dallas is the judge. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Rana. Yeah. Bo Ryder was great. I don't even care. That he got Danny Tanner into a rap and that he made Flo Ryder look like an idiot was was brilliant to me. So next week we have the Free World versus the 313. We do. <laughs> Ayla, are you looking forward to this at all? Just Woods. Just Woods? Uh, how's it even going to work? Have they even said? No, but I did love... Big E quoted my favorite song in life. <laughs> Let me put some flavor in your ear. I, I did love that. Yeah, Big E's great. Did, did, is this going to sour you on the New Day again? When you just started to come back around on them? No, because this is actually meant to be a segment. Not a match. Okay, and, and so, a you, so you're okay with it. Yeah, it's not meant to be a mockery of tag team wrestling. It's basically a segment. Uh, also in the tag team division... We had another episode of Fashion Vice. I don't remember what this one was titled, but it was all about them interrogating the Ascension. The boss man picture on the wall. <laughs> nice touch. They decide they want to do a good cop, bad cop interrogation. And obviously Dango leads off as the good cop. One of my favorite lines was when he asked, you expect me to believe that? <laughs> because I do. <laughs> no, my favorite thing is, does this look you guys? <laughs> he bribes him with Eddie money tickets, which is perfect for an 80s reference. Uh, Breeze takes his shot, also being a good cop. Says it looks pretty hot under this light. Here, I just made some cold iced tea and I have this cheese platter. Doesn't work, obviously. They don't admit to anything. Breeze says, 
you know, Dango, I think we were both good cops there. Or no, Dango says, Freeze, I think we were both good cops there. And Freeze, it, with his brilliance, says, no, we were great cops. <laughs> <laughs> Office gets trashed anyway. We don't know who it is. Is this leading to the debut of a new tag team on SmackDown? I, I, I want to know who. I want to know who. The only tag team left is American Alpha. And would it really be them? Or the, or the Colognes. But he tested them. He tested the evidence for Cologne, but notice there was no Cologne. Yeah, it was not the Cologne's Cologne. <laughs> yeah, do you think this is a tag team already on the roster, or do you think this will lead to the debut of a new tag team? I'm hoping the debut is something new. Um, I mean, it's, you know, they took out the obvious guess of the uh, boring way to go. Uh, I hope they, there's something different, unless they, they turn the American Alpha heel or something. Do you think there's any chance it could be the Authors of Pain? That'll throw me for a loop. Uh, I mean, it, they've only done that, I get in their mind, I guess with Owens too. But I mean, I feel like it's been a while, you know, they did it with Paige and they did it with Owens where they, they bring up someone from NXT and they still got a title. Uh, they haven't done it with a tag team yet, so I think that would actually be pretty awesome. I don't think it'll be ALP, because I don't think they will waste their time with a comedic act like Brazongo. But would anybody take a more hilarious beating than Brazongo from the Authors of Pain? No. <laughs> I'm not predicting that. I just feel like it makes more sense if it's a new tag team than someone who's already there. It would make more sense, but there's no tag teams in NXT. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we got Maria and Mike Kanellis again. Yes! Interrupted by Sami Zayn. Is Sami Zayn going to be the first feud for Mike Kanellis? I hope so. I love I loved this. I don't know if you did, but I, I did. enjoyed it. I love this because Sami Zayn. Oh well, sorry, I got a ma- I have a match. Yeah. And Maria, it just completely blows. Yeah, and, and it was so mad. Did Maria Kanellis drop a "What is this"? Mm-hmm. She She's been listening to the she show. To the show. <laughs> She's a Matt Madness mark. Eck, how do you feel about Sami possibly being in a feud with Mike Kanellis? I think it's uh, the best way to get him over, especially if he's going to be a heel. I mean, it's something we've been saying for countless time on this show. Um, if you, you know, who's more loved than Sami Zayn? I mean, you got someone out there, and Zayn's getting beat by them. It's the ultimate way to, get, you know, hate them. It is a good way to get them hated. How do you if feel needed, about Mike Maria needed, and Mike Kanellis? Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, I, don't, I don't know either of them well enough to judge. Um, I, I'm i interested in it. I, I like what they're doing so far. It's something fresh. Um, I catch myself. Can, I mean, they're obviously very comparable to The Miz and Maurice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to call it out now. I can see it, me being hypocritical by liking them. And obviously <laughs> I strongly dislike The Miz. So, uh I, I have potential for them to, you know, they, I already like them. Yeah, I've enjoyed the two times that I've seen them. Now, granted, we haven't seen them do much, but I think it's been like, yeah, it's been like a nice addition to the show. And I'm curious to see where they go with it. Sammy had a match against Corbin with Nakamura watching on the monitor. I love that they, like, hyped up that Nakamura was going to do an interview after the match. Uh... Corbin gets a pretty convincing win. Nakamura in his interview says, Corbin is dangerous, but he's afraid of me, and he's right to be afraid. This is a match at Battleground, I'm assuming. Yep. 
You guys looking forward to seeing this? Yeah, I am. I, um, I don't like the way Corbin carries the briefcase. It's kind of odd to me. Mm-hmm. But I, kinda, I think they kind of shortchanged his entrance a little bit. Like, hurry up and get to the ring. But I'm interested to see the match because actually Nakamura actually has a gripe and Nakamura does have a point too. Corbin took him out for a reason because he basically kind of saw him as the biggest threat in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm glad that they're paying that off because they could have very easily just did that and not done anything. Oh, I, but I knew that was going to happen. They did that for a special, special, special reason to actually make a program out of the Money in the Bank ladder match. So we actually have basically two programs out of that match from Money in the Bank. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Ak, your thoughts on Nakamura and Corbin? Um, I, I think it's... With them, it's the right way to go. Um, obviously, Cor- Corbin having the briefcase, they got to keep him active. I think that the one thing I'm a little interested in, um, one-on-one losses, I don't know if Nakamura has one since coming to the main roster. Um, I think it would be strong to see Corbin go over on him. But it's, um, you know, it'll definitely be you know a, a nice boost for Corbin because obviously everyone knows Nakamura can go. I don't want to say Corbin can't. He's obviously getting better every day. And they obviously see something in him and put in the briefcase uh, on him. But, uh, I, I, you know, it actually has a point, and they're, they're paying off something from the past show. I, I see a lot of potential in this match. I think it's going to be a really physical, hard-hitting match. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to be fortunate that we'll get to be there to see it. Uh, anybody have anything to add from SmackDown? I'm good. Deck? Well, that'll be it. All right. Well, we have a question for the evening from the godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. He says, I believe it is too easy to assume that Cena will be in this battle royal or whatever the hell is going on. Do you believe that Cena will be the next opponent for Jinder, or is it Nakamura, as the SummerSlam house shows suggest? So who wants to take that first? Will Cena be in the Independence Day Battle Royal? Will he be Jinder's next opponent, or will it be Nakamura? Well, I think that I don't think Cena's going to be in the Battle Royal next week because they're doing this whole free agent thing, and he's actually booked for Raw's the next and upcoming weeks. I think he makes his decision, because he's also advertised for Battleground, so I think he makes his decision of what show he's going to be on at Battleground, and I think leading up to Battleground, maybe on, maybe on the go-home show, you get him and Jinder C- and Cena actually being teased, and Cena makes the decision to stay on SmackDown at Battleground to build the title match for SummerSlam. Eck? I see, I mean, he did a little bit of the, the trolling online for the thing with Roman, and I think Raw is just way, way too cluttered. So I think it'll only make sense um, for him to, him to stay on SmackDown. I would like to see him maybe have a little bit of a payoff by showing up on Raw, maybe having one or two matches live on Raw. I don't think they need to carry him over to a pay-per-view or anything. Um, but, yeah, I, overall, I, I don't see him being the U.S. title picture. I see, I see him coming out and you know addressing something with the championship. I have felt like Cena was Jinder's next opponent from the second he won it, and then we saw obviously him being billed as being there for Fourth of July. Then I was like, okay, it's definitely going to be Cena next. I was even speculating it may happen on the Fourth of July show, but then if he wins the title. It doesn't make sense that he might go to Raw. 
So I do think he's the next one. I don't think he's going to be in the Battle Royal. I think he's going to come out, he's going to cut a promo, and that's going to be it. So I I don't see him being in the Battle Royal. I do see him being Jinder's next opponent. I don't think Nakamura is going to be in that spot just yet, although he deserves to be. But that's just kind of the way I think that is going. Uh, is there anything else? Just for tonight. That'll be it. All right, very brief also, show. Go ahead, Alo. Have you guys started watching Glow on Netflix? I haven't yet. I know Russ loved it. It's fun. It's really fun. How much of it did you watch? I'm only, I think, four or five episodes in. It's really fun. It's ten episodes? Okay. Yes. It's like they're only a half hour long, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was an hour, but they're only a half hour huh. long. But it's actually, it's actually really fun. Interesting. Eck, have you looked at it yet or no? I I read the uh, about me on it, but I was uh, too busy finishing up uh, Bates Motel, so <laughs> I have not got to it yet. Yeah, big Bates Motel fan. Well, I'm all caught up. I'm waiting for uh, season five to drop on the um, Netflix network. And then is Glow next up in your queue? Well, I'm still finishing up on Lucha Underground. I'm on uh, season two. I'm almost on season two, and then I will get to Glow. All right. That might Maybe be I'll my next it watch. In there. That might be my next watch. Uh, yeah, they're only a half hour, so you'll fly through those. Yeah, if I have yeah, like I mean, a it, weekend day with nothing to do, I could burn through it in a day. Or you could, you know, call up one of those last three in the text and say, um, you know, if you got five <laughs> hours, we could, we could, we could glow and chill. <laughs> Holy shit! I was wondering if that was going to come up at any point in the show. You uh, you made it happen, so I give you credit. You're my tip of the hat for this week. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's the show. Uh, for Act Two Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.